All right, on a serious note. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Check, check, one, two. It is your boy, Ivan, or also known as Ivan Casares, coming to you guys live here with the Time Team. The Time is now Time Talk Podcast, and we're super excited. Uh, today's a, a great day. I'm going to be interviewing one of my close friends, um, a guy that I've known for quite some time, and uh, his name is Rob Klein. And so... Let's give a big round of applause for my man, Rob Klein. Woo! It's actually Don Roberto, right? Don Roberto, claro, claro que sí. <laughs> so, kind of a crazy story. On his driver's license, it says Rob Don. Well, actually, my driver's license says Don Robert Don Klein, Robert. but I've always been called Rob. But you can just call me El Don. El Don. Sí. Dude, I love that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty unusual. It is very unusual. unusual yeah. Kind of like me. So yeah. I'm unusual. I, I like it. I like it. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about Rob, who he is, and how I know him. So I know Rob, gosh, now for what, 15 years probably, mm -hmm. minimum. I met Rob maybe about 15 years ago um, in our previous life. He was a pastor, and I was a, a screen printer. I used to screen print T-shirts and did all kinds of graphics and, and whatnot. And I would print T-shirts for the youth group at a church that he was a part of. Yeah, we were both part of, actually. And so it was pretty neat because he was the one of the pastors there, and I was the guy that would print T-shirts for, for the church and, you know, whatever, the youth group. Mm -hmm. And so I've mm -hmm. known him, such a great guy, good family man. And then um, I got into real estate 12 years ago. And then when did you get into title insurance? Probably about five and a half, six years ago. Yeah, six about, years ago, yeah. So about six years mm -hmm. ago, he got into the, the industry. And I remember he reached out. And um, one of the things that you'll know about me is I try to be pretty loyal to, to my uh, to the people that I use, right? My friends and, and family and, and also the service providers. And I said, hey, Rob, you're a good guy, man. I, I love you, but I already got someone that I use. And so he kind of then... Um, he, you know he's clever he's a clever guy some did some pretty creative stuff to with the flyer stand he's, he's yeah. full of jokes and so um that was one way that we started kind of working again my, my title rep wasn't available and so it's just been uh we've been working ever since then right? yeah absolutely yeah so well with that being said guys i'm gonna go ahead and uh we'll get started i'll tell you a little bit of, he's gonna tell you a little bit about himself and his journey we're gonna talk about one of the things that he does is he's a Title, well, title rep, right? Title rep, yeah. Title Representative, rep. sales, sales executive, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Uh huh. So. And and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. That's another part of real estate. You know, a lot of the questions that I get is, Ivan, I want to sell real estate. I want to, I see million dollar listing, but there's so many parts of real estate that people don't know, mm -hmm. right? It's like Absolutely. you can do title, you can do escrow, you can do home warranty, you can be a home inspector, you can be a realtor, a lender, and so it's really fascinating that what the field that you got in and, and how much you've excelled. So. Before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Like, did you grow up here in San Diego? Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, I grew up here in Eskin Ghetto. Okay. I call it that because I grew up here, so you can kind of make fun <laughs> of your hometown. That's right. But, um, yeah, so I, it kind of started, like, it's funny with my mom. Like, it was just me and my mom growing up. I, didn't, mm. I don't know who my dad is. I never met my biological dad. And so kind of a long story there, kind of messy, but, um, you know, a very traumatic experience for my mom. And so it was just me and her growing up. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird because – yeah, I don't want to go too deep into like kind of the mushy stuff here, but you know, you grow up and you don't know who your dad is and most people have dads and you kind of feel like, you know, a mistake or an accident or a little different, you know, growing yeah. up. And so just me and my mom and, um, growing up and it was kind of weird. And, um, you know, she did the best she could as a mom, but it definitely 
you know, as I look back, and the reason I'm sharing that, as you look back on your story, and it's so easy to say, oh, man, I, you know, I wish this part of my story was different, or I wish that part. But in reality now, like, who you are or who you've become is as a result of your story, you know? Mm -hmm. So everything, every challenge, every difficulty kind of helps to shape who you become. So, you know, I look back on it and I go, you know, I wouldn't change a thing about that, you know? But I grew up here in Escondido, okay. Escondido, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> but um, went to Escondido High School, actually. Wow. Yeah. okay. Uh, but I got promoted uh, my junior year and I, uh, I got uh, promoted to Valley High School. Okay. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's where I graduated from. Uh, back th And back then it was so funny because it wasn't like the nice like building they have now, there were these like little like janky like trailers over yeah. by San Pasqual High School. We were like across the street from San Pasqual High School. And so did you get, you you went there because you were just ditching school, or yeah, you ditching school. I think so. Back then, like my a lot of my good friends had older sisters, and so back then it was like they'd forge notes, ah. and one day they realized there was like a hundred days I missed, and they were all like different like signatures and stuff. <laughs> so the vice principal calls me and she's like, "Hey, we got to have a little talk," you know. Yeah. You know, appreciate the effort, but we're, <laughs> we're going to be transferring you to, to Valley. And, you know, I had a, you know, I was kind of a, a troubled kid. I was doing drugs, smoking pot, doing like crystal meth in high school. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you're just, you know, not knowing who my dad was and not feeling like I had a purpose or like I feel like I was kind of a mistake in life, just kind of struggling, kind of reaching to find my identity and stuff. So did your mom ever get remarried during um, that time, like uh, your childhood? Yeah, she she so she remarried this guy. We moved to Texas for uh -huh. a couple of years, and so that was interesting. That was like, I have a, so I have a whole Texas story. That's like that's for the next podcast. Okay. But um, yeah, so I I ask right. I mean, I think I can relate so much to you because you know I I didn't. My dad pieced out when I was younger, when I was about three. Yeah. And then my mom got remarried when I was about 10. And so I can relate to what you're saying, like growing up, not having a father, a role model, someone to teach you just the simple stuff, even how to yeah. kick a ball, how to like, right. how to throw a baseball, you know? And it's one of those things that we take for granted. But it, to to add what you're saying is, it shapes who you become, right? Like Absolutely. It molds you, either for, sometimes for the better or for the worse, right? Mm -hmm. You, as a human being, you can decide, Yeah. right? Yeah, and I, you know, because I was a pastor, you said, so have you ever seen like my, my grandma used to do these things where she would weave like these tapestries mm. and it looked really cool on the front side, but uh -huh. the back side was just like nasty, you know, nastier yeah. than a bag of weasels. It was like, what the heck is that? And so sometimes like, I always kind of liken that. Like sometimes we see our lives as kind of like the backside of that tapestry mm. and like everything that's coming together, every thread that's being, it just doesn't make sense. Fire. But then it's like, yeah. there's kind of a master weaver, you know, that I think we know who that is. You kind of flip it over and you see a different perspective and you're like, oh man, he's taking all that all those hard things and all those really difficult challenges in life. And he's kind of weaving something really good together, you know? Dude, I love that. So right? that's, that's kind of how I, I view my life. Cause it's so easy. Like so many times I'm like, Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I, but then I'm like, Oh wow. Like, but I have two beautiful kids, you know, yeah. I have, Oh, I have, I have this or that, like to go back and say, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have. It's like, it's really hard to say that, you know, mm. cause every little thing kind of weaves together to make, who you are today, you know, so just kind of being grateful for the journey and enjoying the ride and yeah. being, uh, it's also on the, on the flip side, it's also easy to be like, you know, I remember being in high school and you're like, Oh, I can't wait for summer. Oh, I can't wait for, and it's like, I think a lot of times we live that way in life where we're like, man, I can't wait for the weekend or I can't. And then pretty soon you're like 50 years old and you're like, Oh man, I'd, I'd love to just slow things down. So it's like not regretting the past, not, you know, just kind of being fully present and there just embracing go. life and being grateful for, for the journey 
enjoying the ride and just being fully present, you know, in life. So anyway, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So so you graduated high school from Valley, and yeah. <laughs> dude, awesome. You know what's funny is, is like Valley a- Valley High School. Nobody's ever hit me up for like class reunions. I don't know if they, <laughs> do they do that. They probably have metal detectors. Like <laughs> when you could, so. It's so funny. Um, so people that don't know what Valley High School is, it's a continual education school, right? Yeah. So usually where all the good students go, all right? That's right. You, you get promoted. That's right. I got promoted there. So. so you went to Valley, you graduated, and then you, after that, you went to college. What did yeah. you, what would you? Yeah. So like my, my life, like I told you, I was kind of doing drugs and stuff. My life was kind of off the rails and yeah. I um, you know, was introduced to a church and, you know, I had this experience where I really, you know, discovered my relationship with God and you know, I literally felt like God had saved my life. And so I was like, okay, God, my life is yours now. Whatever you want to do or whatever you want me to do, I'm yours 100%. I'm all in. So wow. I ended up moving to Colorado, you know, got married, moved to Colorado, went to the University of Colorado, go go Buffaloes, and got a, a bachelor's degree in philosophy, which okay. is very practical, by the way. <laughs> you can do a lot with that. <laughs> but then I ended up going to seminary, which is like pastor school, and got a master's degree in uh, theology. So, okay. so I did all that. And really um, just kind of went on the track of being a pastor for like 15 or 20 years. Mm. Because really feeling like, hey, like I know what it's like to kind of be squandering and like not just kind of out there wondering and like looking for purpose. And um, I really felt like God kind of, you know, saved my life and I wanted to give my life back and kind of encourage other people and, and help other people who are struggling to kind of find their purpose, find their path. And so I did that for about 15 or 20 years and that's where our paths kind of intersected at first and uh, yeah yeah it was funny about you because you were always like that guy that i mean you could like find two wooden nickels on the ground and you'd like rub them together and somehow you'd make something like magical out of it you know you're like that (laughs) entrepreneur guy that uh but but to go what you're saying is i think like you said it's it's the childhood you know i think growing up mom was single mom she was an entrepreneur came here to the states with nothing and she was self-employed so i kind of I didn't know any better. Like I grew up thinking like, Oh, well I got to do something. I got to sell something. I got to, I got to make money, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so yeah, that entrepreneur came from a very young age because I was just like, my whole family came here. They were all self-employed. Yeah. You know? And so I, and so people are like, when did that journey start for you? And I'm like, it's, I think it started when I was a kid. I'm always just like, I didn't know anything better yeah. or any better, Absolutely. which is a good thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So we met, we, we were buddies in, uh, and then you were, so you did that what 15 20 years yeah and then you got into real estate so let me ask you why did you get into real estate did you always want to do real estate sales like what what was the the thought process behind there did you watch million dollar listing like a yeah. lot of people <laughs> like, yeah. what was that like no i mean this uh, i'm just going to be like i really thought about this today as i was coming there it's like i'm just gonna be real with you like you know i was a pastor and um you know kind of unexpectedly that that ended you know and uh Again, t- another podcast there, as far as you know what happened, and you know, and I'll just say, hey, we're all we're all human. We all, you know, aren't perfect, and it was just time to make a transition, you know. Okay. And so, I stopped being a pastor, and um, it, that was a really hard time because that mm-hmm. was all I did. And I mean, think about you know, like you have a degree in philosophy and a degree in theology, so you know, I go out there and like hold a you know sign that's you know. Philosophy, you know, free philosophy lessons, you know, it's like nobody's <laughs> going to be, you know, hitting you up for that. So it was kind of hard. So I went out there and I applied for jobs. And, you know, it's funny, I went for a couple sales positions, you know, like for solar and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the room where I'm getting, you know, about to get interviewed. I'm kind of sizing people up. I'm like, I got this, you know, and 
people say, you know, you, you don't have any sales experience or you don't have enough experience for this. Or, mm. you know, they see the, the degree in philosophy or theology and be like, you know, what are you going to do, quote Bible verses to people? <laughs> you know, it's like, sorry, bro, you're out of here. <laughs> and so I remember like being really dejected. And and this is a really hard part, man. It's like I got to a point, you know, I had two, two kids and, uh, you know, about seven years ago, I was at a point where I literally had no money. Like I was, mm. I remember... Um, waiting in the parking lot and I, I walked into the place where you get like the little food stamp things, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sitting in there and I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like this close to being like homeless, like literally, like I got the little cards, you know, you go like, yeah. and you swipe at Walmart and you get free groceries and stuff. And wow. I didn't know that. Dude, I was just completely humbled. Yeah. Humbled. And you know, you're going for these interviews with solar companies, you know, like I wanted to like sell solar at one of the, um, places where you go for like home repairs, you know, whatever, yeah. and just stand there. I just want any kind of job. And, um, you know, here I am, I remember I'm sitting there in this, you know, I'm looking around at all these, these people and I'm like, I just start crying. I went up to the car, I broke down and I'm just like, I can't do this, you know? And I was like, I've got to go back in there for my kids. So I went back in there, you know, and like here I'm like, man, I'm like on, on welfare basically, you know? And it's like, it was really humbling, you know? Yeah. Like even, to sh- I've never shared that with anybody. It's like the first, I don't know why I'm sharing it here. I, but, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah no. I think that, well, and that's raw, and I think that's you're human, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes we need those humbling experiences. Yeah, it was so humbling, man. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to cry now, but it was like, it was that point in my life where I'm just like, God, I want to like, I, wanna, I need to provide for my kids, and whatever it takes, I will do it. And I remember I got hired to go, and it was like the middle of summer, and I had melanoma, like skin cancer, right? Uh-huh. So, so I went to like this place, and they were going to hire me to go door to door to try and sell solar for like twenty thousand a year. <laughs> And it's like 110 degrees in Temecula in the summer. But I, I took the job I signed because I needed something, right? Yeah, you had to provide. Yeah, and I'm like, but I was so, I was so broken. I was broken. I'm like, this is what, I mean, but whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. Um, like a few days later, uh, a buddy of mine from uh, the church called me and said, hey, I'm a vice president at a title company. Uh, I'd like to meet with you. I think you'd be really good. And I'm like, I don't even know what title is, you know. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And so we met at Starbucks and... He was telling me about it. I still didn't really know what it was. <laughs> I'm still not even sure what it is, like six years later. Yeah, but I, I'm like, okay, you know, it's better than like pounding the pavement in Temecula, you know, freaking 110 degrees. I'm like, but, at least I can be my air-conditioned car. But that's so cool. I think you said something there that was very catching is that you you were willing to do whatever it took. Yeah. Right? Like you were willing to took, you were willing to do whatever it took, and you were not. Uh, like giving up was not an option for absolutely you, not right yeah. and like and i think that's what separates successful people people that win in life you know it's people that like they can make every excuse things are not lining up like oh poor me like blah 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 make excuse or you could say hey look like i'm not giving up like this is an opportunity i don't know i don't maybe know a whole lot about it but like yeah. Let's go all in, right? Yeah. So you wouldn't all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming this vice president showed you some numbers and said, "Hey, you can make some good money here." That probably, you yeah. know, yeah, it was all potential at that point. But yeah. see, even with the job, like going door to door, making twenty, I'm like, you know what? In six months, I'm going to work my butt off. In six months, I'm going to own that company. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I'm going to show them. Yeah. So that's just that just that was just my mindset. Even though coming from a place of being really broken and being humble, um, it was probably what I needed at that point. Mm. You know, just to be. Be there, and so I started at this company. It was a smaller title insurance company, and um, that's when you know you, I started showing up. You know, leaving you like, you know, I'd show up and say, "Hey, it'd be a real highlight to work with you," and I'd leave you a highlight marker, you know, or, <laughs> just, or, lie, or just most, dumb stuff. The corniest yeah. jokes, right? Yeah, like, it was like yeah. a high. So you need the button where it goes, wah, wah, set the sad I trombone. We, I think we have it this year. Oh yeah, that's 
Yeah. Hey, that's me. <laughs> I needed one of those like when I showed up. But um, yeah, you know, and for me, like that's where, you know, about nine months into it, I started doing well. And then a larger title company came along and recruited me. So let's, and let's for the listeners, what what is your job? Like, so, let's dumb it down if it, I was, yeah. we were explaining it to a five-year-old. Yeah, so title insurance is a type of insurance that every real estate deal needs, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. It's like it's not like life insurance where it's kind of optional. You need title insurance. So yeah. it's not an if, it's when. So I just have to convince realtors to use my title company. So really, I'm in, I am in sales, but I don't view it that way. It's more about relationships. Okay, you know? I love that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's about provide. And the great thing is with lawyers title, honestly, best title company in San Diego. I mean, they just kick butt. Our title officer, our customer service, you want something. And I'm so I'm more the catalyst. I'm more the, the go-between between you. So if you have a title problem, you're not calling our title officer most of the time. You're calling me. Like, hey, yeah. Rob, I need, I, I need a problem here. Help me out. So I'm really the catalyst to make things happen. But they're really the firepower. I'm mm-hmm. the front line. I just convince you, hey, use lawyer's title, and you use lawyer's title because I'm so you know amazing and sexy. And then you decide to work with lawyer's title. I'm, I'm kidding about that part, but it's kind of true. But you work with lawyer's title, and then they provide the, the title insurance policy, the research and all that. And really what we do is we – so if someone buys a home, they get a title insurance policy. It, basically, when they get that deed that says they own the property, they can rest assured that we've done our due diligence to make sure all the loans are paid off, that property is theirs. There's no liens. No liens, any of that stuff. So they have Well, and on top of that, like a buyer can't get financing if the property is not free and clear. Right. Right. And so to explain that for, for our listeners that don't know real estate, like when you buy a piece of real estate, there can't be any outstanding liens. There can't be any, um, you know, everything's got to be paid off essentially. Right. right. Like, and so one of the things that a, um, a title officer He's going to make sure that there's like all the paperwork's right. There's, you know, there's nothing that's hidden in there, Absolutely. essentially. Mm-hmm. And if there is a red flag, you will bring it up to the agent and say, hey, like you might want to talk to your seller because it looks like there's a solar lien here. But look, there's, there's, there's some kind of outstanding balance here. And that needs to be paid most likely at the close of escrow. Right. So the new buyer can buy the house. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so you got into that field. So you got into that field more just as an opportunity. It wasn't something that you were like, you weren't as a little kid, like, I want to be, I want to be a title officer. Yeah, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got into it. You're, you're, you're doing it now for what? Six years, seven years. Uh, so yeah, it'll be six years, just six years in July. Okay. So six years in July. And so one of the things guys is as a real estate agent, I can give you my perspective is there's a, there's a lot of, I love you guys. Right. And, and like, and like real estate agents, there's a lot of us, like there's a lot. And so these guys are coming out to real estate agents to try to earn their business. And, you know, a lot of them um, are very persistent. You know, some of them will bring you highlighters or just, you know, they're they're not allowed to do anything else besides that, right? And so they, one of the things that stood out uh, from to me, Rob, was his consistency. Like, man, he was in, I would say like every week I, I would expect a highlighter or a pen from him or something very yeah. small, right? And I was like, hey, Rob, what's going on, man? Yeah. Like, no, Rob, I'm good, right? And you were so consistent. So... So tell me about that mindset. Tell me about that schedule. Like, cause right now, one of the things that you won't know that you guys don't know about Rob is, but he's very successful in his industry and he's now dominated his industry and has a good share in the North County area. Cause that's really your marketplace. Mm-hmm. 
right? So tell me a little bit about that journey. What did that schedule look like, your daily routine? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Absolutely, yeah. So when I, I still remember when I first started, um, I was in my office the first week just planning. You know, I was sitting there, I was like making a plan, learning about title, and my first boss said to me, hey, I don't want to see you in the office next week. I was like, what? He's like, you got to get out there. That's where it's going to happen. And ever since then, you know, I went out and got my first. And so I put together a business plan. Yeah. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I just this, I just kind of made this up on my own. But I'm like, okay, I can visit open houses. I can go to real estate caravans. I can visit real estate offices. I can make phone calls. I would do handwritten notes. I would do emails. So all of this stuff. And so I just committed. I'm going to do 20, like 20 handwritten notes a week. I'm going to visit every. So I went to every office in my territory for the first five years. Every When COVID hit, that shut down. But every office. So I've got Ramona, Borrego, Julian, San Marcos, Escondido, and Valley Center. Every office, I would hit it every week. And I would just leave a business card with a sticky note. You know, some kind of cheese, just boom, just constantly. Do. So, Because what I thought was, so I had, and I had 10 open houses every weekend. So what I did is I looked at that. I said, you know what? So you look at that over a year. 10 open houses a weekend times 52, that's 520 open houses. Yeah. Hit every office, that's 52 office visits a year. 20 handwritten notes times... 300, you know, times 52, that's what, a thousand something. So over a, a year, I mean, all of a sudden, then I do social media stuff. And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, I've got thousands and thousands and, th- and I'd make probably 250 calls a week, you know? Uh-huh. And so over a year, that's like thousands, you know, 5,000, 6,000 yeah. calls. So I would just add that up and at the end of the year, and then, and then that's one year, but then multiply it over five years. So now I've got, I've made 10,000 calls. I've made 6,000, you know, it's just, just that consistently showing mm-hmm. up and just wearing people down. And it's funny, my, one of my friends was like, are you going to share everything you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm not afraid because no one, no one else is, no one's going to do it. I mean, yeah. that's the thing you could tell people oh, yeah. like, Hey, make 25 calls a day, make 50 calls a day and people will do it maybe for a week or two mm-hmm. weeks. But that's why I'm not afraid. It's like, yeah. Here, here's here's if you want a copy of it, you know, hit me up. I'll send you exactly what I do. But, but um, I, I love that because see, you, I, I feel like people that are just great at what they do are never afraid to share what they do, right? Because the truth is, you can get advice is free. Like yeah. you can go on YouTube, you can ask people. Like I'll ask, I'll tell people what I do. But at the end of the day, you know, people are they going to be consistent? You know, yeah. and that's something that you have is you're very consistent. Or even people. Are, People are even going to take the first step. They'll see that and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Like, you know, can I, is there someone that can do a call for me? Is there someone that can write those notes? Like, no, you got to do it. You got to put in the work, right? And so I think that's so fascinating. So you set this business plan, and I'm assuming in most most businesses, success doesn't happen overnight, right? And so did that happen? When did you see your fruit of labor, like, start paying off? What's up? Like, when did you start seeing everything paying off? You know, well, it's kind of funny because it's all relative. You know, yeah. like be, being a pastor, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty humble. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know, you're taken care of and you're, you know, you're grateful for what you have. But so my first year, I was very happy because I was like, I was making basically maybe a little bit more than what I had made before. And so like when the new title company, the larger company came to recruit me, I said, initially I said, no, I'm happy. Like, I was making probably, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 more than I was before, which for me, that was a lot of money. I'm yeah. like, man, this is great. I'm living the good life, you know? And 
And so, but they just kept being, they, what I liked is their personality was like mine. They just kept in a nice way. They just kept, kept coming after me. And, um, so for me, it was probably, you know, with, within a year, I was kind of where I was already at, uh-huh. which for me coming from, you know, being on food stamps or whatever, like yeah. I was like, dang, I'll take this, you know, I was so happy. But for it to really start like paying off, probably, you know, year two, a little bit more, year three, year four, wow. and all of a sudden you start to see you're just kind of growing exponentially. And then when you're doing a good job, you know, you got people like you who refer you to other agents. And then all of a sudden it's just, it just kind of goes ex- exponential, you know? I, I love that. So it's just, you get to a point where, but for me, I don't ever want to put, you know, cause, and for me, it's always about remembering where you came from, mm. you know, and being grateful and being humble yeah, and not taking it for granted. And like for me, so here's, here's the fact, this is a funny thought, but like for me, I think six years ago, I just got into this business, right? Everyone I'm working with now, six years ago was working with someone else. Wow. So it's like, for me, that kind of scares the crap out of me in a good way. Cause I'm yeah. like, I can't let my foot off the gas because there's someone else who's hungry, who's coming up, Oof. you know, who's, who's, you know, five years from now, I don't want to look back and go, dang, you know, I, well, it's, it's the people that let off the gas, right? It's the mm-hmm. people that think like, I've already made it. It's the people that think like, I don't have to work as hard. It's the people that are thinking like, no, like you still have to nurture that. And I don't know why, but I, it's been on my, in my mind all weekend. I don't know if you guys watched the McGregor fight, you know? But, oh yeah. You know, the guy, poor guy, man has lost his last three fights. Right. And so I feel like he's at a position where he's made a ton, buttload of money and now he might he might not have to train as hard. He or he still has to train as hard, but he yeah. doesn't put in that effort. He might have to pick, he might pick his trainers now and say, you know what? Uh, no, we're gonna be done when I'm done. You know, and and I think part of that there's other people that are coming up that are a lot more hungry. There's a lot of people that are saying, no, I want to be number one, right? And so I think I love that you remember where you came from because it shows that you're not letting off the pe- thought letting off the gas, right? Like you're still being consistent and maybe you're not going to do visit 10 open houses this weekend, but Hey, you're going to visit five. You're going to visit six. I did seven this last weekend. Yeah. All right. Hey, so you still did seven, you know, but it's the people that say they forget what, what got them there. Right. It's Mm -hmm. the people that say, yeah, I don't need to do anything else. And then they complain when they're not, their numbers are not reflecting that. And they're like, Oh man, like what the heck, you know, the market or this is going on or how come I'm not killing in sales? You're like, Dude, don't forget what you did that that got you there. You know, mm-hmm. it was these steps, these little things that you were doing. Yep. And so I think that's pretty cool that, sure, you're going to get to a level, but you still got to be consistent, right? Even if Absolutely. it's just still little little steps. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, too, like probably probably three years ago I on Instagram and, you know, language warning here, not from me, but from, Gar- you know, Gary V yeah, on Instagram. Absolutely. I For some reason, he really resonated with me because mm-hmm. he talks about gratitude. Okay. You know, and grad and for me, like I'm like, man, that's sort of like the fuel, you know, the rocket fuel. Like you wake up just being grateful for what you have and mm-hmm. feeling blessed and not forgetting where you came from. But then just enjoying the process too. You know, it's like if you don't love what you do, you know, you've got to love what you do. Like for me, a lot of my best friends, like all my friends actually are in real estate, you know. Yeah. Get to go, you know, either with whether it's golfing or hang out with them or so it's it's more than just a business. It's it, it just becomes a way of life. You know, it's like, and you start to really enjoy the process and then just even just kindness because there are, and it's really hard. Like mindset is hard because Mm. no realtor is waiting for a title person to call them or to show up, you know, it's like, so you have to have a mindset of, 
I really believe in my product. I love what I do. I'm not going in there just for this. I'm going in there to, to connect with someone. And so it's, it's more about the mindset. And then just having kindness and mm. really, really having deep empathy for people because you know what it's like. I mean, there's plenty of haters out there. Oh, yeah. And I like, I like the saying that, you know, if you don't want to get booed, then don't be in the game. You know, it's like if you're in the stands, no one's going to boo you. Yeah. You know, if you're in the game, you're going to get some boos. <laughs> you know, so if you have some, you have some people throwing stuff at you, you have some boos, that's, that means you're in the game. Yeah. You know, and you're, I like that. so that you just have to, so a lot of it's mindset because, you know, you can get a lot of boos one day, not B-O-O-Z-E. Yeah. You're like boo, <laughs> that kind of boo, where you're just ready to fold up and just go home. Yeah. But you, have to, you know what, I'm, I'm in the game, man. It's like, there's going to be haters and you just have to keep, you know, it's kind of sticking to your values and just being consistent and going after it, you know? So true. So anyway, I'm, I'm rambling now, but no, but I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I think if, if you have haters, you're doing something right. Yeah. Right. And it's like that word is, is funny right now. We want to haters, but like, this is the truth. If you're doing something good, there's always going to be someone hating. And then one, one of the quotes that I love is, um, someone doing better from someone, doing better than you is never going to hate on you. Right. Right. Yeah. So think about that. Someone that's doing better than you is never going to hate on you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, good job. This guy's coming up, you know? Yeah. But it's always the people that are doing less than you are the ones that are hating on you. Yeah. And so one of the things is like, yeah, hey, you don't like where you're at. Do something different, you know? Yeah. Follow uh, Rob's game yeah. plan, man. He'll, well, you know what's funny? I've been like, for me, like this is kind of the pastor side of me coming out, yeah. but it's like, I know there's probably someone, I don't know if they're going to be listening to this, whatever, but there's probably people out there who I mean, especially with, I mean, COVID has affected people differently, but it's like, there's probably people out there who are like discouraged, don't really know what they want to do, don't really even know how to start. But it's like, man, it's like, tell you what, you know, seven years ago, sitting in the parking lot with my little food stamp card, having no job and having people tell me like, oh, you don't have any sales experience or, you know, we don't really think you're Mm. a right fit and just feeling like, I I don't know, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go from here. I don't know. I guess I'd say there's always hope, you know, it's like, just, just get out there. Don't give up. Keep working hard. Just, you know, there, there's going to be something, something out there for you, you know? So I, love I don't know. That. No, uh, that's, and that's so true. And I think people need to hear that because you might, ha- we might have someone listening today that might be in that position and, and that's just life. Like things happen all the time. You know, life, life can be great one day and the next day it can completely change for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we all can, you know, we're, we're all living proof that, that that is just life. You know, life's not perfect. And, you know, I think that's a great message that you shared with us. So I appreciate you uh, coming on board. Any last-minute tips or things that you want to share with us? No, I would just go back to that tapestry. Like, sometimes you look at the backside of it. You know, I always picture a grandma sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of messy, you know, but you, f- you flip it over, you look at the front side, and a lot of times there's something something beautiful that's being being put together even though it looks messy from the backside. You there's, know? A, there's a masterpiece there in the yeah. front. Yeah, you, sometimes you can't see it. Yeah. Sometimes you can't see it through your perspective and then you flip the thing. You know, it's, it's all perspective, right? You yeah. flip things around and you're like, ah, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but I appreciate you having me on. and uh, Yeah, man. So, no, I appreciate you sharing and I want to kind of just do some last minute questions. These are kind of more for fun, more to get to get to know uh rob and who he is and is this so, like the dunk tank section yeah basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just spit him off whatever first thing that comes to your mind and so one of the things i'm going to ask you is uh what is your favorite food definitely mexican food mexican food carne asada good good carne asada for sure okay what restaurant uh, i like cochina del charro okay. they have a good carne asada but 
I'm open. If you got any suggestions, hit me up. I'm, I'm always game, <laughs> game to get some more. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite drink? Ooh, a good IPA. Good a good IPA? IPA, absolutely. Yeah, Stone, that's always kind of my go-to. Go back to Stone. Oh, Carne Asada, Kennedy's Carney on Valley East Valley Parkway. They've got some good carne asada and okay. pollo asado. So, okay, okay. So. And, st- and stone, huh? Dude, keeping it local. I like yeah, it. Movie, they call me movie local. Dude, movie yeah. local, too. Yeah. Right. Sorry, a little inside <laughs> joke there. And then the other question I had for you is uh, dream job. Dream job, right where I'm at, man. 100% happy, uh, especially with lawyer's title. You know, this industry's crazy. You have people trying to recruit you all the time. But yeah. I, I am so blessed. I'm so happy to be where I'm at. And, and again, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't change a single thing that got me here either, you know. Nice, hundred percent. Except for this guy named this wily guy named Ivan Casadas. <laughs> He's the last a, yeah. So other than that, I mean, other than meeting him, everything's been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one is your favorite quote. My favorite quote, and this is straight up. Like I remember when I first started, yeah. I walked into this guy's office and it said. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. Was that Glenn Brush? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that. Dude. I know. It's so funny. The harder I work, the luckier I get. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we, and you know, in a lot of ways, we, we prepare the horse for battle and we know yeah. who ultimately brings the victory. I'm spitting on your microphone. But, but um, yeah, I think hard. there's no substitute for hard work and just staying after and being consistent. And that's really the thing. I mean, for me, I it's a good reminder for me even doing this because uh, you know you even need to remind yourself of of what's right and what's true so harder i work luckier i get cardenas oh give me a good carne asada taco stone ipa and i'll i'll, I'll work hard for you <laughs> so <laughs> yeah all right well dude I, I appreciate that man no, i love that quote and it's so funny that i was able to quote who it was that's, dude, that's, weird. that's crazy. small world huh? small world yeah uh Man, I appreciate you more than Likewise. you know. You know, you've always got a good attitude. You're positive. It's always fun to be around you. I know you work hard for for myself and our team, uh, and and that's I think it really shows who. You, like I think when you I, I I asked you this question, your dream job, and you said it was what you're doing. It shows right because one of the things that uh, I like is. I don't like people taking business for granted. And yeah. I think I, I'm right. You told you me that, that. when yeah. I first started, you're like, Hey, you got my business. Just don't take me for granted. That <laughs> stuck with me. So, um, but it, and it's just, it's great. It's great to see you do that and who you are as a person. And you're very consistent with everybody else. And I think that's why you are who you are, but also your success and what has gotten you here. So yeah. keep it up, man. I appreciate Thanks. you, everything you do for our team and right on, brother. appreciate you as a bro. And so, Guys, reach out to, to Rob if you're a real estate agent. I can personally tell you he is an amazing title rep. I personally will vouch for him. He's great. He'll get the job done. And also, if you're a listener and you're a real estate agent or thinking about getting your real estate license, please hit me up. My name is Ivan Gasares. I run the time team here in sunny San Diego. We're always looking for agents, looking for talent. And so you would, if you would like to talk a little bit more about that, some mentorship and what we have to offer, would love to connect with you guys. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up, comment here below. Let us know if you like this, if you appreciated this. Give Rob a follow. And where can they find you, Rob? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Rob Klein, Rob Klein Title on Instagram. And follow me there. I'll hit you up with my Facebook and uh, email information, all that. So Linktree, all that. But yeah, go to my Instagram. You can see my Linktree account, and it'll have Facebook and all that on there, too. Awesome. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. Likewise. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ivan. Have Cheers. Bye.